Is Scientology a cult or a scientific way to access reality? When looked into, the teachings of L. Ron Hubbard seem to be at odds with reality. And that's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, I'm Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with Tyler Hurley. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee today. Yes, thank you for listening. Yep, we're excited to continue our series on Scientology. It's going to be amazing. Um, We were just going over what we're going to talk about, and trust me, you're in for a treat today. Yeah, if you thought last week's discussion was interesting, that's like... That's really surface level. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nothing. Surface compared level to this. stuff compared to this. Yeah. yeah. But before we jump in, hey, we do want you to join our Facebook group, Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders Group. Mm-hmm. You can just go on, type that in. Um, you can find our page and then like our group or ask to join our group. Um, and you're going to be prompted and ask a couple of questions. Um, and we want you basically to go on iTunes and write us a review and uh, rate us, and then once you do that, we'll let you into the group. Um, Tyler's been putting some cool stuff in this past week, actually, about Scientology and uh, some of their symbolism, and um, it's been fun to, to interact with people. Yeah, some of the, yeah. some of our listeners are pretty hilarious, actually. It is funny. There have been some uh, jokes discussed in there <laughs> on Scientology, and some I, I thought it was really interesting. It um, was, yeah. I remember because um, you asked basically like why Scientologists have a cross on the tops of their buildings, right? Yeah, yeah. Because right. they do. They literally have a cross on top of their buildings. They do. Which you'd think, that's weird. Why Why do they have that, right? Right, yeah. And um, in, in this question, um, why do they have the cross on top of their buildings? People were, you know, chiming in about it and everything. One of my favorites, though, was by this guy named Paul and he said to keep the vampires away from Tom Cruise <laughs> because he was the star of Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> I thought that was great. That, that was pretty funny. That was pretty and clever. Then, yeah. And then, um, uh, oh my gosh, the, the, I I personally saw someone shared uh, a meme in the page, and I I thought it was hilarious. It said, uh, um, "Scientologists when asked what happened to L. Ron Hubbard's degree," and uh-huh. it's got that meme of the guy, and he's like, "Aliens." Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was really funny. Disappeared. Aliens. I love it. Well, uh, yeah, it's Uh, been fun. But hey, yeah, if you want to join in on the fun and the conversation and the interactions, get on the Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders group. We'd love to have you on there. But make sure you write us a review on iTunes. Otherwise, vetoed, right? We do not let you in. So please go ahead and do that. uh, And then uh, ask to be part of the group. That would be awesome. Well, we're going to do a coffee tip, but not till the end of the episode. So you're going to want to stay tuned. This is a really... um, a coffee tip I haven't tried, but I think on my way home, I'm going to buy the stuff to try it. Yeah. that's So it sounds very interesting, but that's not for now. That's for later. The coffee tip is coming. But Tyler, let's dive into talking about Scientology. Right. Now, you've been yeah. looking into this and studying this a ton the past month and a half. Um, so let, let's just talk through a little bit about what the Scientologist believes, kind of what the church is about, their practices, and uh, where it all comes from. Yeah, right. Um, so the idea of Scientology, it, it uh, Hubbard, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, their founder, he defined it as basically like the science of the mind, right? Okay. Um, it's known as by, to Scientologists as a way to tap into the mind and the spirit 
but through the scientific method. Mm-hmm. That's what they would define it as. Okay. And they have like a list of beliefs and practices, and um, we're going to get into all that. Yes. What, what is right. a human being? What is salvation? What's scripture? All of those things. But it is interesting. Um, wh- one, of the, one of the points that we wanted <coughs> to highlight here is that the Church of Scientology holds a record, mm-hmm. a specific record, and this is the record for the most litigations received by any church established in the United States. Now, that's wow. not a record you want to be holding, right? It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, elaborate on that a little. What's the deal with this? Why so much litigation going on against the Church of Scientology? Yeah, it's just former members that are targeting them. It's They're coming forward after they've left the church with all these controversial claims and statements that Scientology um, brought forth to them in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so all these lawsuits that are coming from former members through interesting. weird conspiracies that are coming up. And it's, uh, it's really interesting because they say there's stuff that comes out like, I mean, HBO even did a documentary on this, uh-huh. uh, not like a couple of years ago. And basically there's, there's all these different stories that have come out of like abuse of members in the church, mm-hmm. uh, instances where like they locked up like tons of people in a, in a very confined space for mm. a prolonged period of time, but wouldn't let them out. Okay. Um, crazy stuff that has been coming out like that. And then not only that, just, uh, people getting, realizing and claiming that they were scammed because yeah. they were paying thousands of dollars for, uh, basically hypnotic therapy. Yeah, to be, to to go through the process to yeah. attain salvation. Sort yeah. Of, yeah, and so, but then the, what they realized is they they felt that these ex members came out and they basically said that they felt like they were being scammed yeah. of their money. Well, that's because understandable, of how much it especially as we as we explain yeah. what goes on. It's it is understandable. Yeah, and so that's why it is it is the most sued. A tr- established church in the U.S. because crazy. people take legal action against them once they leave the church because they feel like they've been screwed over. Basically, hmm. that is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. a lot of controversy, a lot of uh, a ton of different controversial practices. But yeah, uh, we want right. to focus in on a few things. So Tyler, what to to the Scientologist? What is scripture? Right? What what is this? Is this right. is straight truth? This is what we can rely on. Yeah. Well. Scripture for Scientology, it's it, it's tons of books. Are there are tons of books out there mm-hmm. uh, that have been published by the church on the way ways of life? But the core book that they all go back to, this is basically their Bible, mm-hmm. is Dianetics. Okay, which that's the first Scientology book that L. Ron Hubbard published back in 1950. Okay, and, and we yeah. if you didn't if you don't know who L. Ron Hubbard is, listen to our last podcast because we did a whole show on him and his life and yes, uh, kind of how he started the church. Yeah, and we also talk about just what Dianetics was about vaguely in the last podcast and yeah. kind of covered the idea of it. But well, let's dive into that. So, yeah. what is Dianetics? What what happened when it got published? Yeah, yeah. So when Dianetics came out, um, it's called uh, Dianetics, the the modern science of mental health was the title of the book. Um, Basically, this kind of started what they called, they called it the Dianetics movement. Okay. And uh, so not called Scientology at this point. No, no, because the Church of Scientology was not yet established. All that happened at this point was Hubbard ended up publishing this book after he claimed to have traveled the world, which... Again, there's some controversy. It's debated, on de- yeah. yeah, it's debated whether he even did travel to all the places he claimed. But Hubbard basically claims to have traveled the world and fa- tapped into the science and the secrets of the mind, the soul. Okay. And so that's what Hubbard writes about in this book, Dianetics. And it's how to tap into it yourself. So 
basically, when the di- when the book Dianetics was published, in the first two months after it was published, it had sold over fifty five thousand copies. Wow, that's good. Yeah, 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 which is crazy. And then not only that, though, again, within the first two months, over seven hundred and fifty groups started. Uh, a group where they process through the book of Dianetics and, they're and practicing, practicing it. his methods and things like yes. that. Okay. Yes. So 750, 750 groups. Di- yep. Dianetics groups. And it's just crazy. Just seeing, just so as soon as he publishes it, it just gets extremely popular. Mm-hmm. It's just all over the board. And then about a year into the book being published, it had over 2.5 million practicing di- uh, Dianetics. Okay. Cause that's what they call themselves Dianetics. Mm-hmm. Two and a half million. Yeah. Wow. After one year. After that's one crazy. Year. This thing just like hit and was a huge success. Yeah. It was just people everywhere were, were getting into it. And okay. so um, and so what's really interesting is uh, also during this time, people were kind of split culturally. They were – some people who were getting into this were thinking, uh, well, this is interesting. It's like the science of the mind. Mm-hmm. And at this time, it wasn't so much a religion as it was just like a way to navigate your, through your soul. Kind of therapeutic. Your mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of the idea of it. It wasn't necessarily religious. Okay. It was it was cultish, and it had, and that was the other thing. People were split on whether or not this was a cultic activity. Okay. Or, or it was... if it was some, a, a sci- way to discover the science of the mind. Those mm. were kind of like the two... Uh, opinions that were kind of at odds during this time culturally over Dianetics of the book. So uh, it's just really interesting. So Hubbard uh, didn't end up founding the Church of Scientology until 1953 because at that point it started blowing up and Dianetics groups appeared all over. So then he realized, you know, I like that, that was at what point where he at which point we, where he decided to establish it as a church and okay. kind of make it a more organized thing where he could control uh, the leaders and the people who were doing the process of Dianetics. I see. Okay. So mm-hmm. three years after the book comes out, he establishes the Church of Scientology. Exactly. Then he starts appointing leaders, guides, other people to help with the process of going through this um, ther- therapy. Yes, that okay. is correct. And, All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and then um, Dianetics, again, like you said, it's important. They still use it today as their guidebook, right? And what, right. what's what's kind of the, the main thrust of it? What are they doing? Um, what's the, what, what are the techniques and the, the methods of Dianetics? Yes. And so, again, this is the heart of Scientology, right? It's, okay. um, it's the process of how they tap into their souls. Okay. So, through this process, they have what is called an auditor. Now, we're going to be teaching you guys a lot of new terms in this episode. Auditor is <laughs> just – that word right there just strikes fear into my soul because if you get yeah. audited on your taxes, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> You're getting audited on your soul. That's, that's what's happening worse. Here. That's yeah. scary. Okay. Yeah, and so – but basically the, what the Church of Scientology would call an auditor is someone who is, ta- who is leading the process of – the the Dianetics process, basically. Okay, so they're, Which, they're the counselor, mm-hmm. they're the guide. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's a good way to put it. They're the counselor or the therapist, essentially, in this case. Okay. And so, basically, through this process of auditing, which is what an auditor is doing... Um, they ask an individual about any past hurts or emotional pain that they went through during conversation... Okay. ...while using this machine called an e-meter... An okay. e-meter. An e-meter. Yes. Okay. And now, now e is short for engram, which we're gonna we're gonna define what engram means uh, further into detail as we go. But it, this machine is called an e-meter, and basically all it is is a lie detector. 
okay. that was used in the 1950s and mm. 60s. But the thing is, is uh, it was it was not only just a lie detector; it was a, kind of a faulty one. It was like older technology, and okay. we don't, they don't even use that stuff. They had advanced onto better versions of that lie de- of that lie detector, and we don't even use anything. S- quite similar to that today. Mm. So this is kind of an older technology. But the Church of Scientology still they uses They still this. use it, the same one, yeah. Okay. But basically what they would do is they would use this lie detector, uh, which they called an e-meter, which would uh, kind of track with uh, the person's emotions and, and stresses while they're communicating with them through these counseling sessions. Okay. And it would basically spike up on points of trauma Whenever sure. the auditor was speaking sense. to them. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So the machine actually works. That's uh, that's the thing. It's it's an actual, like, it does detect stress. It's an indicator stress. of stress, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, but that's, I mean, uh, but that's kind of like all there is really to it, to be so, honest. So the auditor's asking questions about past hurts. When they see a spike on the e-meter, they yeah. say, okay, hey, let's dive into that subject. Yeah, they'll say, okay, let's let's. You were a little stressed when we brought that up, so okay. let's let's dig into this more. That's essentially what the idea of the machine is. It alerts you to the problems. Yeah, and the of. problems. That's what they would define as an engram. Okay, but and what, yeah. what is an engram? Yeah, an engram, which uh, it, it's basically it can be thought of as a negative aspect by which. Are thetans or souls, which again I'm going to define what a thetan is. Yeah. So we uh, got we got e meter, yeah. <laughs> we got engram, we're going to get the thetan, we're going to get the xenu. There's a yeah. whole, bunch of, <laughs> whole bunch of amazing terms here. Yeah. It's it's very interesting, but bear with us because yeah. I, I promise it it'll all make sense. But basically, uh, or it won't make sense, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But basically, an engram is thought of as a negative aspect by which our souls or thetans experienced in a past life. Okay. Or in this current life. So it's a pain and it's... It's, it's a pain it's... or an emotional trauma. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. That's pain the idea. Pain or an emotional trauma, mm-hmm. all right? And so basically, uh, the purpose of the e-meter is to help them focus and navigate through these emotional traumas, uh, through their engrams, so that way uh, they can be cleared of them to alleviate that stress off of their thetan. Okay, and you get cleared. That's kind of like a way of saying you've worked through it. Yes, and okay. that's that's actually the name of the process is clearing. That's clearing the name of this you, process, where, where you, you remove them. So, so the point of auditing is to figure out the issue, to pinpoint the trauma yes. or the engram, mm-hmm. and then to um, counsel it. through it, to process through it, so that you can be cleared of that mental ache, emotional yes. trauma. Yes, that's exactly it. Okay, so clearing is the goal. You want to be cleared. Mm-hmm. Okay. And auditing is just finding the problem. Clearing is resolving it. Resolving Coming the up to a Coming yeah, up to a solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what happens after clearing? Like, what's the purpose of clearing? Yes, well, for one, uh, the clearing in itself, this process costs thousands of dollars. Okay. That's the thing. So, so Scientology, hmm. uh, the Church of Scientology charges tons of money to, to go through these counseling sessions or auditing sessions is what they would call them mm-hmm. uh, to remove these. So it's very expensive. It, it, at the time, back in the 50s, it could cost roughly around $500 for just one, uh, for just a 24-hour 
worth of session time. Wow, so that's five hundred bucks back in the fifties. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but today it's it's thousands. It's it really goes up there. So to pay, you have to pay to go mm-hmm. through the counseling to clear yourself of which, the engrams. Which to think about it, it's it's like you're taking therapy. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, to them, to them, it is. That's the That's thing because you're yeah. navigating through emotion, stress, feelings. So, and obviously, therapists are expensive, but it's like this is obviously way different. They're doing something completely different here. So once you get cleared, what happens? Like, what's the goal? Yes, exactly. So that's the whole goal in Scientology. The end goal is to move up into another level of clearness. So it's essentially like when you're being cleared, you have to kind of go through separate levels in Scientology. So So, it's like therapy session one. Yes. Two, it's... Right. So it's a progressive, Mm -hmm. you got to keep moving up and getting more and more cleared. Yes. So it's like you start at the level one, right? You have all this trauma and emotional buildup. And essentially what's happening is you're removing more trauma and engrams Mm -hmm. as you move along throughout this clearing process. And, uh, uh, but the point of it is the Thetan, right? That's the whole focus of the clearing process is the Thetan, which that that's what Scientologists would define as our soul. Okay, so okay, and we're going to talk about the mm-hmm. Thetan, but before we move on, an engram. Yes. Where did wh- wh- like wh- what are these things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it's mm-hmm. like a negative something from your past, but it's a little more. When I say something from your past, I'm referring to your life. Yes, here. That's good, but that's not mm-hmm. what they're meaning. You're right. You're right. It's actually both. So that's the interesting thing about this. So engrams are things that are holding back our Thetans from being freed, mm-hmm. which I'm going to get into more detail further on. It's just. Um, but you can experience an engram from this life or yes. past lives. Yes, you can. That's the thing. So something that's interesting is through this auditing process, what could often happen is if you have like, uh, like just to give an example, um, if you were attacked or abused, but then um, in that, that as the victim, you've had an emotion or a feeling of guilt. Mm-hmm. as though that you were the one who inflicted it. Even though you were the victim. Right, but victims, that happens all the time with people who are victims of abuse, right? Okay. Yeah. They, they, they don't feel like they're necessarily the victim. It's They blame themselves. They blame themselves, mm-hmm. right? So what, what happened, what Scientologists would likely argue in the scenario similar to that is, okay, well, that's, that's a bad mindset. That, that's an engram that was detected, and that's what that likely is, is perhaps uh, your Thetan, your soul, in another life from your reincarnation cycle, ended up doing that to another person, and you're getting these feelings of guilt because it's it's the this engram resurfacing in your soul I see. from another life. So that's so, so you're dealing mm-hmm. with your engrams from this life, but also multiple past lives. Yes, yes. So mm. you're you're sorting through not just counseling for one person, but it's 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 could be potentially hundreds, thousands. Like who knows? Okay, so yeah. your Thetan. Let's get back to that. Right, Thetan. T H E T A N. What is this according to Scientology? Yes, and again, uh, it is the Scientology word for human soul. However, the soul, um, which it, it, we do do believe, we believe this as Christians that the soul is eternal. It's mm-hmm. I mean, it's ever like it'll last. Forever it will last forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, Basically, the soul to Scientologists needs to be tapped into so that the engrams from past lives can be removed that still might affect them, as we were talking about. And that's the goal of Scientology, is to remove these engrams from our 
Thetans. All engrams from all past lives. Yes. Removed, cleared, so that my Thetan is cleared of, of all these issues. Yes, okay. exactly, from our Thetan. And so that that's the goal. So uh, basically, these are these instances and elements of the engrams, they're, they're basically... The, the elements that are considered to be parts of the Thetans that are holding us back from the real world are basically known as implants. And those are kind of what engrams result of. Engrams are a result of implants. Implants. Right. Okay. So that's okay. a new term that we're going to get into. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. bear with me here. So the idea of an implant is that implants are basically these, these, uh, these kind of blockers to what what is in reality like they're like us. mental mental blocks mental that's what blocks, I should say mental like like a program that never really happened but we think is true yes that's exactly what it is and again i'm going to keep getting into details on implants okay but um the whole idea of it is that we have these engrams because we have these negative implants that were instilled upon our souls Years ago, millions of years ago, mm-hmm. okay? So so we, uh, we would say that Jesus obviously existed and was a real person, right? Yeah, I'm right? pretty convinced of that, yes. Yes, however, the Church of Scientology teaches, Hubbard himself teaches that Jesus himself was an implant. Okay. So not all implants are bad, uh, according to Scientology. It's just ways that we were pre-programmed on how we're supposed to perceive reality. So it's not real, it's but not. it's this thing we all think. It's like a it's a myth that we all are programmed to believe. Yes, and I'll get more and we'll into we'll get to more why, but that's yeah, and what who an implant implanted is. these into our souls, into our thetans, which mm-hmm. there's there's answers to that. Okay. But the re- the purpose for explaining that is just to understand um, the, where engrams come from. So they come from these uh, implants that make us falsely perceive what is in reality, so then it brings all these negative things into our souls, into the way that we interact. Uh, I hope that makes sense. I know it's very confusing. Once we explain the big story, it makes but it yes, does help with it making does, more sense. Right. Yeah. So, uh, basically, Hubbard actually countered, this is something I wanted to point out. So the, the whole thing with this engram process and with Scientology and implants is that Hubbard talks a lot about Christianity. And that's what's interesting. So he not only teaches that Jesus was an implant, but he goes further into attacking Christianity and the Christian claims by making claims that the Bible stole ideas from the Egyptian Book of the Dead in the New Testament. And then he's all, he also makes claims that God only exists in the subjective reality perceived by the individual. So what's really interesting, and we get all of this from Hubbard in his book, uh, called Volunteer Minister's Handbook. And basically, uh, he gives all this emphasis on Christianity. So it's really interesting to say to say that he's found a way to tap into the soul, into the mind, but it's countering Christianity, but... But not a lot of other religions. Yeah, but he like doesn't he, talk about others. Yeah, he's not he's not attacking Islam or Buddhism or anything. yeah, it's he's not just he's kind of attacking only Christianity. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't even attack like, like the idea of atheism or hmm. um, anything like that. It's just okay, this is reality. So, and Hubbard even says in that book, Scientology does not conflict with other religions or practices, but clarifies them and brings understanding to the spiritual nature of man. But it, okay, that's a weird statement because it does conflict because yeah. the Christian 
religion says Jesus actually existed. And he's coming along and saying, no, that's just an implant that human beings were programmed to believe he actually didn't. That conflicts. Yeah, it's odd, he's, isn't it? He's, he's basically saying, like, um, <coughs> I know you guys all have these little stories that you've believed, but I'm coming along with the one overarching story that explains all the stories. The meta-narrative, right? right My yeah. story covers and explains why you believe these implants. But then at the same yeah. time, he's saying, so it doesn't really conflict... Um, it's kind of, I mean, it's weird. It's kind of relativistic in a sense where you can believe what you want, but my story trumps everything. Yeah. That's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And then, uh, just getting further into detail, um, it's crazy because Scientology in itself became a religion. It is a religion. Yeah. It's a yes. cult, cultic religion. That's the thing about this. And, um, there are religious aspects, which we talked about in our insiders group as a separate post, which is uh, really interesting. If you want, uh, we come out with content like this all the time. We're trying to produce more advanced content mm -hmm. for our insiders. And this is one of the posts that we came out with was describing these eight dynamics. So um, just to kind of vaguely uh, skim, skim through these real quick, it's kind of uh, th what Scientology teaches is man's urge towards infinity yeah it's like our driving force our driving right? like force, what makes right? us do what we do yeah what is our purpose what's our driving purpose so number one is the self which is the search for who you really are and that that can come through the clearing process but it also it's just an intrinsic uh intrinsic drive that's instilled in every human being yeah is to like, want to know who we are yeah know who and we are and that's a question that that mankind's been asking forever Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we would we would agree with that. Mm -hmm. We would agree with pretty much all of these as I'm going through because um, they're just intrinsic human traits, mm -hmm. human attributes. Um, and uh, second, they claim that we have uh, creativity, sex and procreation as a drive. Yeah, for that's true. Something that every man wants. Yeah, humans have mm -hmm. to create, right? Yeah, no matter right? what that is, whether it's through your work or through your art or whatever. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the drive for sex, the drive to procreate and have a family. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a common drive of human beings. Yeah, and then we have um, third, the group, uh, the longing to be a part of a group or society within community. Yeah, we're relational. Yeah, we want to be relational. We want, yeah. we want relationships. And then... Uh, and then fourth, we have species survival, which uh, that's just exclusive to humanity, right? Yeah. Humans have this instinct to protect and help other humans flourish most of the time. Yeah, and he'd probably tie that in somewhat to survival of the fittest. With he would, Darwinian yeah. evolution. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Like we have a drive to survive. We have Our a own drive species. to just to survive as a species. He yep. would. Um, and then next comes something kind of similar. It, he would also claim that we have a drive um, for life forms in general to be thriving. So that's not just humans. It's uh, like animals, uh, creatures of Plants. the earth, like, uh, like right. fish in the sea, yeah. you know, uh, which people do. We have a longing for life to thrive. Yes. Right. It's kind of an intrinsic thing. So uh, so we would all agree with that. And then we have the spirit. Uh, the drive of spirit of self or others as a spiritual being. So there's this other spiritual element or a drive. It's not just the physical. Yeah, there's yeah. emotion. We have uh, a, we have an instilled desire for a purpose, like mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. So that's a, yeah, that's that's one of them. Spirit, and then there's also mm -hmm. um, what they call mest, 
which is matter, yes. energy, space, and time, which is basically it's the physical universe, right? Like we have a drive to understand, to conquer the physical universe. Right, yes, yes. And that's that's kind of what happens when you get further down even in Scientology with the these these basically these counseling sessions, mm -hmm. you can get into tapping into that a little bit to more. To where you control the mest. Yes, the matter, to where you can control the matter. Matter, energy, space, time. Exactly, yeah, yeah which uh, it's crazy and confusing, but yeah. And then uh, lastly, we have uh, this strive for infinity or supreme being, mm. a God, basically the search for God or a higher power, right? Yeah. Um, every human being has that intrinsic like drive. And so uh, Scientology teaches these as their basic points for what drives a human being in their religion. Mm -hmm. So they come out with books all, by all sorts of different publishers in their church and church leaders uh, to this day that teach um, how, a little bit more expanded on each of those drives. Okay. Right. And so that they believe through reading and studying each of these drives, you can tr figure out what those stress points are with your engrams, and you can sort through your own life and realize, okay, what is driving me as a human being, mm -hmm. right? So, And then that's how you can deal with the engrams, be cleared of them, and yeah, progress yeah. in Scientology. Exactly. And now, this is the funny thing, Robbie. So it's really interesting that Scientology has all these religious implications, and uh, this drive for humanity through these eight dynamics when they still, on the other end, argue that we have implants that that kind of falsify yeah. a lot of these beliefs, that are leading right? us astray. Yeah. So, so yeah, mm -hmm. so how do they know that these eight things aren't programmed implants, but they're exactly. actually true? Yeah, how do we know that these aren't implants? Well, and what they would that's say the is, well, L. Ron Hubbard told me so. Yeah, and that's the thing. And then when you get into it further, they don't have a real explanation for where L. Ron Hubbard fully tapped into all of this knowledge. They just say that he discovered it and became enlightened Okay. At, on <laughs> his spiritual journey across the world. Yeah, that is interesting. You, you, you'd question your thoughts because if they're implants, they're wrong. Right, yeah. So how could you... Okay, let's just do an experiment here. How could you know... If your thoughts aren't implants, I think you or can. if a concept, you couldn't. The yeah. only way that's possible to know it is to have somebody from outside of our situation come and tell us what's real. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm pretty and that's, sure that's what we've got with Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean that. That's right, what makes right. sense of Christianity. Just makes so much sense of a lot of things. But it um, does. but they would say, well, L. Ron Hubbard learned this, became enlightened, and he's the one who can come and tell us. Yes, so Hubbard things. would be that external source. But the thing is, is he his source is not, not even reliable talked about or known. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So so that's that's the key. Whereas we know with Jesus, he comes directly from the Father. And it's mm -hmm. like he's the infinite source. Well and he right? gave he gave valid reasons to listen to what he said. Yeah, he did. Uh, he he did it. miracles, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. He fulfilled crazy prophecies that he couldn't have self fulfilled. We've talked about that on previous yeah. podcasts, but he also rose from the dead, like demanding attention that we should listen to him. Yeah. Because nobody else has done that. And so right. L. Ron Hubbard, what did he die of? He died of a stroke. Stroke. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't do any miracles either. Yeah. And um, we talked about it last week in the podcast too, but it was like even just with, uh, with him dying of a stroke, people looked at that and like Scientologists looked at the result of his death and they were thinking, wow, how could 
the man who tapped into the science of the mind mm-hmm. die from a stroke. But then you see on the other end with Jesus, he, he was killed, and people thought, how could God die? But then he resurrected on the yeah. third day, proving that he was who he said he was. Yeah. Very different stories. Yeah, it's very different. I, it's it's a, Christianity just as a story sounds superior. Yeah, it Not does. to mention it's actually true. But. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so um, so that's a really good point, Robbie. Just thinking through uh, just the difference in between the uh, science. Yeah, because what, what yeah. qualifies Ron L. Hubbard to be someone in authority of these things? Really? Right? That's nothing, always the yeah. question is why should I listen to you? Yeah, he exactly. He wrote a book, that's for sure. He wrote a book, mm-hmm. right? But didn't tell where he learned any of this from except vague, oh, I traveled around. And... Yes, yes, and that's mm. that's really interesting. So, um, and then another thing in Scientology, they're, they're really focused on this basis in science and technology, and so they don't like to use words like faith or belief mm. or any supernatural kind of terms. Well, they're based in technology, except they still use an e-meter that's like, like what, 60, 70 years old now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they come, I'm sure they probably have modified it somehow, but oh. I don't, I mean, I don't even know. Hmm. It's just, I, I don't have that info, but it's just like, yeah, they're using old technology and they're not really. But tap- they, they're pushing this idea that they're technological. And, and they're savvy also pushing this, this kind of spiritual element, not technological, not. Yeah. So, so it's that's the material. other thing about it. It's not material, yeah. Hmm. So that is Scientology. In the terms of their their church as a religion, yeah. And now we get into what you affectionately call the real crazy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because and this is what's interesting. Right. So this is basically, and again, I know we've said all these terms, but we wanted to explain to our listeners how um, how the process works. But now you're going to get the origin story of why. Right. Yes. So mm-hmm. here's here's the origin story of where Thetans came from, how engrams attach, all of that kind of stuff. So Tyler, please share with us the real crazy stuff. Of course. And yeah. And so that's that's the reason we shared all of that other content before sharing this. Mm-hmm. It, we needed to provide context because what I'm about to get into is very confusing. And it, it took me, I, I had to even come to Robbie just the other day and just like br- bring some of this information to him and say, Hey, does this make, make sense, man? Like, <laughs> like, am I, am I reading this right? Because it just, there's, it's such a mess. So, so let's get into it. So this is L. Ron Hubbard's uh, teachings for the origin of man. Uh, he basically, he came out with this in 1967 where Hubbard taught that Scientology is a way for man to break free from a false reality that is being lived in. Uh, he also taught that man is basically good by nature, which counters the biblical idea that man is basically evil by nature, according to Scripture. So, the origin of man comes from another world far beyond our reach, according to Hubbard's book, Scientology, A History of Man. That's where we get this information from. Mm. The History of Man, this book, centers around the idea of what a Thetan is. And according to Hubbard, the head of the Galactic Federation over 76 planets over 95 million years ago, claiming populations of over 250 billion people living on each of those planets, uh, wanted a solution to this overpopulation. Okay, so we've got this evil galactic 
warlord or not warlord but yeah he's the leader he, he's of the, the federation leader, the federate mm-hmm. yeah the, the head of the galactic federation and he's a leader of 76 planets that were overpopulated each planet is very overpopulated with 250 billion people mm-hmm. or thetans or whatever yes some life form right? yes mm-hmm. so and this and this according to hubbard happened 95 million years ago Exactly. Now this begs the question, Tyler. How mm. did he figure this out? That's the thing. So they, uh, I even looked at Scientology's website, Scientology.org, and they have like a got questions section. And I clicked on it, and it was how did Hubbard discover this information? Yeah. Basically, it's kind of hard to do research ninety five million years ago. Yeah, and they just had a simple statement saying he discovered this all of this knowledge and was enlightened through his travels and experiences through the world. Come on, I need a little more than that to yeah, trust isn't you it with my money and yeah, my feet. Yeah. and you guys can. You, uh, the listeners out there, you can look into this for yourselves, and you can see. Go go to Scientology.org and look at their what they say how mm-hmm. hub on how Hubbard obtained this information. You'll find they don't give much of an answer. Well, and that's something like I would encourage our listeners to do all the time. Like, yeah. don't just take our word for this stuff. Uh, we're we're studying and we're doing it as honestly as possible. Yes, and communicating this information. But go check it out yourself. Go investigate yourself. Use the mind that God gave you. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to to go investigate truth claims. Uh, it's it's not something we should just blindly take on authority. We yes. need to be investigated. Because mm-hmm. uh, um, we we double check the content that we're post uh, that we're sharing. Yeah, on we, this podcast. We but... want to be sure. And again, I've thought about this. You know, like I'm always yeah. so. Uh, obsessed about making sure we're very um, correct in yes, what we're and saying accurate. and accurate mm-hmm. and precise. And um, I, I, I don't know of any things we've said that are completely wrong, um, but I'm also uh, I'm not so stupid to believe we've never made a mistake. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so I mean, it, yeah. But, but again, we right. need to investigate this stuff for ourselves, uh, mm-hmm. and th- and that's where you, the listener, you know, the the responsibility is on you to go and check this stuff out. Um, and and uh, see what what's being said because a lot of people will say a lot of things and you can't trust people just because they have a um, platform yeah. or a podcast right? right anybody can have a podcast these days you just buy some microphones and you go yeah um, but um, I hope this doesn't hurt our uh, <laughs> our audience and our right listenership in. but it's true we shouldn't just take things based on uh, hearing it or an authority we need to go investigate these things ourselves yeah and and with that being said I think it's important that we. We did say that because um, some of this that we're about to say is really confusing, and it's it's some crazy stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, so set the scene again. There's the head yes. of the Galactic Federation, overpopulation on the 76 planets he oversees. There was 250 mm-hmm. billion people in each planet, so we got a overcrowding problem. Yes, this happened 95 million years ago. So, what's the solution to the overpopulation of these 76 planets? Yes. So, the head of the Galactic Federation appointed a war general and to take care of this situation. And this guy's name is General Zenu. General Zenu. And that's spelled X E N U. Dude, that sounds so. Science fiction. Galactic Federation. <laughs> the galactic just the word Federation. galactic, you know? General Zenu. Heck, I, I might have believed him. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't believe it. It's crazy. But I'm just saying, I think it'd be more believable if he said, like, like the... Phil? <laughs> like, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, Sam, yeah, Sammy? Yeah, 
That or like, uh, yeah, not even just the name, but then just the title Galactic Federation. I know. It sounds so Star He might have well said, sounds... Darth Vader led the Empire. I know. I know. It sounds so <laughs> or the much Emperor in that appointed vein. Darth Vader to clear the population. The, the crazy thing is, though, people really believe this. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's the part to me that's like, what is going on? But okay, so yes, General yes. Xenu is appointed, and what's the task at hand to help with the overpopulation? Yes. So General Xenu was tasked with mass implanting, which this this is where implanting comes from. The implants. Okay. Yes. This is where it was originally originated. General Xenu took millions. It's an unspecified number, but he took millions of thetans that were possessing a certain different species that's similar to humans. But weren't humans. But okay. weren't humans. So it's us. It's essentially it's us. That's really what it is. He took us, our soul. Our, our soul. Yeah. Yes. Um, on these basically with these implants and tricked us through the implants to getting these creatures, this species, on board a ship, which by then he led them to Earth and landed them on a place where there was a lot of surrounding volcanoes. Okay. And Hubbard even specifically mentions Hawaii as one of these locations. Okay. Specifically. there's volcanoes there. There's volcanoes everywhere. And so... uh, Hubbard says that what had happened was Xenu released the millions of people uh, from these other 76 planets onto Earth into these locations surrounding volcanoes, placed hydrogen bombs on the tops of these volcanoes and blew them up, causing mass destruction, killing all of the species. In order to destroy us to help with overpopulation. To help with overpopulation. Tyler, I was just thinking... I've heard this one before. <laughs> Infinity War, yeah. the Avengers, Thanos, right? Wasn't yeah. that the whole point? He was, he was. I mean, in his mind, he was doing a benevolent thing to the universe. He was by helping over helping overpopulation by getting all the Infinity Stones and killing half of everyone. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's so similar, man. And so with us, yeah. And so that, that's crazy. So I'm, I'm going to go back to that actually too, because that's a really good analogy to use for this. Because it's crazy. It just it really it sounds like a science fiction novel mm-hmm. or yeah. movie. Because it is. Because it is. It is. That's the thing. And like, I just. I, I can understand that people uh, sometimes get into a place where they're vulnerable and they're seeking truth, mm-hmm. and that um, maybe they were just in a, people are just in a place where uh, these Dianetics leaders, these auditors, and Scientology, the Church of Scientology basically just finds them in a vulnerable place, and then mm-hmm. uh, they're they're exposed to these lies, and then they just yeah. take them in as truth. Well, the hard part is, is I think that through the therapy, they really are dealing with hurts they have. Yeah. So you yeah. can see how people would get into the point of thinking, I am being helped, therefore this must be true. Yeah. And the longer exactly. you do it, the slower. The you know, it's it's the whole f- frog in a slow boiling pot of water yes the frog won't jump yes. out because he slowly gets acclimated i think it's one of those types of yeah because i don't think that they could just start off with this with anyone and yeah no them, hey, they start off is... with hey we want to help you with counseling with hurts you have well, yes man that, that appeals to everybody mm-hmm. but then they slowly move you into this yeah but then at that point you just believe it because you're like this is what i know yeah and that's the interesting and it's thing worked for me again right? uh, it's worked for me up to this point i've healed from certain things exactly and you know what i think part of this also has something to do with uh, Hubbard's cultic uh, practices with hypnotism. Interesting. Because okay. uh, there are claims uh, that Scientology in these therapeutic processes, they use 
hip, hypnosis okay. through their methods. Yeah, that would make some sense. It's very subtle hmm. forms of it that almost aren't even noticeable, which okay. is interesting. Uh, but that that's that's just like a whole nother area of this. But what's really interesting... Well, is, well okay, so wait. So, yeah. so Xenu, General Xenu, mm-hmm. brings billions of us here, puts right. us on mm-hmm. Earth via volcanoes, puts hydrogen bombs in the volcanoes, blows us up. Yeah. Well, how are we here? Yes. So that's how this connects, right? So this is the start of the evolutionary process, according to Hubbard. On Earth. On Earth. Like like Darwinian evolutionary process. Yes. However, Hubbard even changes a lot of the details of this. Okay. Well, let's go through with this. What happens to the Thetans and how did we evolve into humans? Yes. So what happens is human beings today are organisms for the Thetans that are reborn through a reincarnation cycle. So my body is not a Thetan. My no. body is a vehicle housing a Thetan. No, it isn't. Yeah, I mean, yes, sorry. Okay. Yes, it is a vehicle that is housing a Thetan. Hubbard specifically said that a Thetan is, even though it's a spiritual element, it's, he, he claims that it possesses the space inside of our skull. So the metaphysical yes. Thetan is located spatially in inside the side of our skull. skull somewhere. Yes, and okay. that that's really that that's the point of it. It's really interesting. Hmm. And so what happens is Hubbard uh, teaches that basically when this organism that the Thetan possesses dies, um, uh, the Thetan leaves that organism and then it reports to what is called an implant station. Okay, well hold on. Let's go back a second. So yes. when when General Zeno blew us all up. Mm-hmm. Our Thetans didn't die. No, they didn't. They not. just what? They, yeah, they they expanded. That so that's the thing. So they basically they they left, went to uh, this implant station, which Hubbard claims is on Mars. They receive these implants, and then they return to Earth as light particles. And then eventually, those particles form together into the evolutionary process into little organisms. Okay, that eventually evolved. Into human beings, starting with an organism going into a jellyfish, mm-hmm. and then the jellyfish into a clam. Because a thetan can can possess any Yes, vehicle. any living organism. So animals have thetans okay. in Scientology. So that's the interesting thing. So, Robbie, you and I are thetans. We are thetans, essentially, but we're not. Our physical bodies have nothing to do with the thetan itself. Mm-hmm. However, our, we, our consciousness, you and I being able to intellectually discuss this on a, like, on a podcast, plan mm-hmm. this out, that is our thetan. Okay. Our soul, our like our spirit. That's the, kind of and, the, and let me make sure I understand this. The right. reason we don't remember the whole Xenu thing is because the implants have tricked us into believing in a different story, yes, exactly. whether it's Jesus, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, Darwin's evolution, whether it's yes, Hinduism. Exactly. So that's these what these implants, implants are. But, mm-hmm. but Hubbard's got the real story here. Yes, because Hubbard uh, supposedly tapped into an enlightenment phase through his through examining all of the cults and religions around the world. Supposedly. Supposedly. Um, th- he tapped into this idea that human beings originated from this. Okay. And so so what he's trying to do through Dianetics, mm-hmm. through the process, is clear you of engrams, which is helping you get rid of implants. Yes. Which will mm-hmm. help you to realize who you truly are. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So and and that's so okay. So so what if I don't do it? What if happens you don't do to it? me when I die? Yeah. What if I don't go yeah, through well, then what, will what happen? happens to my Thetan? Yeah. Then what will happen? And that's the other thing. You might even have multiple Thetans living within you. Well. Okay. Well, what's the purpose? Like, yeah. let's just say I have one. What happens to me then? Where do I go? What? What? Yeah. So what will happen is your physical body just dies. Right, it rots. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It's not eternal. It's not me, anyway. right? It's not me. Mm -hmm. So, um, so your physical body, your or, the organism in which our thetans are possessing, that dies off, and then the thetan returns to its implant station, receives more implants. Fake reality. Fake reality. Right? Okay. Yes, but they're pre-programmed to do that. So the goal in Scientology is to go through this auditing process to where we can discover those pinpoints of engrams that were caused by implants mm -hmm. that can be removed. And once a Thetan is fully removed of its engrams, its implants will be more clear to so the Thetan. So we can see what's fake. So we can see what's fake. We can see what's not reality. Okay. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. And uh, when a Thetan gets to that level, what happens when they die? Yes, the Thetan, when it gets to that level, it can return home back to the original planet wherever by which, Zenu, wherever took, Zenu us took us from. And that's the goal. And that is the goal. The goal is to set our Thetans free from being in this eternal cycle of rebirth. That's what they would say. They would, the Scientologists would say rebirth, not, not reincarnation. reincarnation. Okay. So I die. My Thetan goes back to this implant station on Mars. Yes. Which isn't visible to any human yes, being. Yes, it's spiritual. Okay, so it's That's not physical it's, at all. It's metaphysical. So mm -hmm. we're almost like a salmon swimming back upstream, back home <laughs> to where we were birthed, almost. Yep. And then we get implanted again with more lies, mm -hmm. and then we get put, we come back to Earth and get put in another body? Yes, and so that's what ends up happening. So oftentimes what uh, Hubbard claimed is that these, uh, and th this is fake, but I'm just I'm yeah. clarifying that, these Thetans attack a physical body or organism that they want to, uh, that they want to possess for their next life. And what often happens is these thetans are trying to do it all at the same time. So you can end up getting clumps of thetans into one organism. So, so we could have more than one thetan. Yes. Okay. It's possible. Okay. So, and that was. Uh that wasn't an original aspect no. of Dianetics. Yes, and I'm glad you brought that up, Robbie, because that's what's really interesting is Hubbard actually wrote about this later on in 1967. So that's 17, 17 years, years after, after Dianetics was mm -hmm. written. Then he writes about clumping thetans, not yes. just one mm -hmm. thetan per and organism. Yes, and the crazy thing about this is, mm -hmm. is that he wrote this in the section where you get to the highest level in your, in your auditing Okay, so process. they don't tell the people this on the low level. No, they don't. But once you've paid a lot of money mm -hmm. and gone through a lot of therapy and you get to the top, then they let you know, hey, by the way, you, you could have more. You might have more than one thing. Mm -hmm. Why do they do that? Why, like, why do you think they do that? I think the real reason of that is I think it's clear. Look at this. It, if you're getting to this point later on in Scientology where it's an established church People are getting higher higher up now. So yeah. time has passed on. Years have passed on. So people have been really getting into this. So my my uh, 
perspective of this, it appears as though Hubbard realized that they couldn't keep going on with these classes because eventually they had to say, okay, you're there, you're at you the stop. Top, yeah. Otherwise, if they were do weren't doing that, people were just going to bail out. Mm -hmm. So he, he decided, in my opinion, that it would be best to claim that there are more Thetans so that way people would go through more therapy and they could get more money out of it. Because if I, if I get to a higher level... I've cleared one Thetan. Mm -hmm. But that oh, might mean that you have to do more. Yeah, guess what? You've mm -hmm. got more Thetans, and we didn't even get on those engrams yet. So what yep. happens to a person if that's what, where they get to? They get to the top, and then, oh, we discovered another Thetan well, in you. Well, what would often happen is uh, they would think, okay, well, it's my duty to do this. I, I am, I'm driven to remove yeah. these Thetans because it's, it's the betterment of – our species yeah. as Thetans. Yeah, but what—that's I didn't mean. Like, what's their thought process? I oh, meant yeah. what's the process of oh, yeah, Scientology? Yeah, yeah. Where do they go? Yeah, so they you just get start to the over. top. That's what happens. You just start at the exactly. bottom again. Yeah. So it's a cycle to where you can never really get out of it. Attain yeah. what you want because they could just say, "Oh, actually, you got to start over because there's another Thetan with a lot of engrams, and we got to deal yes, with all that." Yes, but they would say, uh, but they would say that money isn't a real concept. Like, it's not a real issue in the in the end goal of eternity yeah but then that's why what do they, they charge that's my question yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that interesting yeah, that, that's very interesting if it's not yeah. real and it's not it's not something we should be worried about why are they so worried about it yeah yeah why don't they just offer these for free yeah exactly that's if the they really thing. wanted mm -hmm. everyone to be better why wouldn't they offer this to for free just because they love our species i mean you look at Especially uh, yeah. when survival of the species is one of their... Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you look at even a majority of... Uh, I mean, not all, uh, but you look at a lot of other religions and you see that like their their goals are... like They offer a lot of their teachings for free because they believe, hey, this is the way out, right? Yeah, like, and you I see want that everyone in Hinduism, to know this. Yep. You see that in, like, uh, Buddhism, in Buddhism. Yep, in uh, Islam even. Yeah, and you even kind of see that in, in Mormonism a little bit in some aspects. Yeah, I mean, they're going door to door telling people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, we're not trying to get your money. It's like they, they're trying, they're selling something else because they genuinely believe what they have is the truth to reality. Mm -hmm. So that's the interesting thing. So it's like if they believe that this is reality, then why are they charging people? And that's what begs the question, do they believe? Yes. This yes. is, and that's, that's what's sad about it is because I do think there's a lot of Scientologists who actually believe this. Mm -hmm. But man, there has to be some who know that this is just all a money-making scheme. Yeah. Um, and then Ron L. Hubbard didn't prove in any way that he should be trusted. No. We yeah. talked about that last week of who he was. Um, and then you read the story. You read what the, what the uh, process is, and mm -hmm. you just go, this is... Uh, you can you can see right through it. I feel like yeah yeah like you can see this is not reality. This isn't how how to get there. And it's just like, it's just one know, of those yeah. schemes where oh yeah you made it to the top, but actually you're gonna owe us again because well, you gotta go back. Hubbard even said, and we talked about it last week, is that he he said when he was at his science fiction convention, he's like, yeah, we can keep he, he referring to other authors at this convention, saying we can keep writing books for and getting paid a penny a word for it, but the real money is in starting your own religion. Mm -hmm. He said that at a yep. conference. And, and then so, one year later, he <coughs> published yeah, Dianetics. Not even a full year later. It yeah. was like just a few months. And so it's like <clears throat> when you look at these facts lay before you, and then this is the truth in Scientology. This is what they teach. It's, I think it paints a pretty interesting picture of the whole thing, and it makes you realize, like kind of put the puzzle pieces together, and it's like, okay, this seems like it's just a cult that's after money 
through yeah, created by kind of a, a crazy guy. Yeah, yeah, created Dishonest by a liar. Guy. Yeah, uh, an author of science fiction who just literally was paid to make up stories for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they can't even claim. Well, how do you think he came up with all of this? Like this is so. Like like the Muslims will say, yeah. the Quran is just so beautiful. Like Muhammad couldn't have come up with this. And, and if a Scientologist claims something along those lines, like, well, where would this come from? You go, he wrote thousands of science fiction. Yeah, he holds the world record for yeah, most published, most published works. works. Yeah, and so like it's not it's not hard to imagine him making this up. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It is. Well, one other thing I thought was interesting that you brought up <clears throat> earlier uh, in our conversation yes. was about. Um, the process of being cleared <laughs> when yes, engrams yes. are removed, mm-hmm. you said that uh, they believe there's like a physical um, <laughs> physical <laughs> things that happen to symbolize or to show that engrams are being removed. And, and these signs, these physical signs are things like yawning, crying, mm-hmm. vomiting, flatulence, um, um, it's really hiccuping. physical <laughs> exertion of like it, anything. It yeah. is the case, dude. I'm telling you, especially with flatulence, my kids are cleared of engrams. <laughs> <laughs> like, like beyond anything. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's, wh- wh- why would there be a physical manifestation of an immaterial thing being cleared? You know, it's just, that's yeah. so interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's that. And then, and then not only that, but then, then hearing about how they believe that the physical and metaphysical collide. Like um, when you reach the top tier of removing your engrams, you get into this stage, which we call, they call operating Thetan, mm-hmm. which is like, I, I'm the only, the best way I could describe it to you is like just that your soul externally starts to work outside of your body to where your Thetan, that's what it is, your Thetan, mm-hmm. has the power to physically heal or basically the Scientologists com, uh, um, they claim that you can do anything in this process. Hubbard claims that when it, during his time in the Navy, he sustained injuries such as partial blindness and that he was, he was injured in his legs, which made him wheelchair-bound, uh, which, by the way, there's no medical records whatsoever that he obtained these injuries, first off. Okay, it's but, just his word. Yeah, but second of all, Hubbard claims that through this operating Thetan that he attained this. This level he got This to, level, mm-hmm. Where he could manipulate the physical world. Removing his partial blindness and removing yeah. his injuries, making him physically... So he's claiming he could get to a level of doing miracles. Yes. But the validity of what he claimed he did, it it can't be proved because these injuries probably didn't exist. Exactly. Well, and that's somewhat like the movie The Matrix, right? Where (laughs) you you can get out of yourself and manipulate the reality that you're in. Um, But but then the problem is he died of a stroke. Yeah. So if you were at operating Thetan level, OT, how... How would you let yourself die of a stroke if you could just get out of it and manipulate right? <laughs> the physical world? Or maybe his thetan exploded in his mind and it just all of a sudden mm. that, that I mean I'm one of saying, his thetans possibly. One of one of them. You don't ever maybe know. Maybe that was a problem. He didn't go through the process again <laughs> to get to the top level with a new thetan. Well, and the sad <laughs> and thing yeah, is this yeah. this costs so much. So what are what are the costs today, Tyler? Yeah, yeah, the the cost today. So we mentioned earlier that back when it started, it was around like five hundred dollars for twenty four hours worth of session time. Mm-hmm. Uh, today it's roughly at the cheapest level around twenty seven fifty. Two thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars for the yeah. first level. Yeah, and that's like just an estimate. It could be even more than this now. This could mm-hmm. be this this price could be outdated from when I received it. Um, it's just, it, but it's just thousands of dollars. And then going up to the end level 
uh, you get into hundreds of thousands. You can get wow. potentially somewhere between one hundred to three hundred thousand oh dollars in. Goodness. If you go once all the way through all the classes, that's only if they don't have you start from the beginning. Well, see, I, I've always thought that whatever is true in reality, whatever the real religion yeah. is, whatever the real story is, mm -hmm. it would have to apply to all people in all times in all places. Yeah. Right? Um, because th this doesn't. This no, only doesn't. only helps the rich. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which again, I'm not just saying like you know, a hundred thousand dollars. All of us could earn a hundred thousand dollars in America somehow. Yeah, if you worked at it worldwide, worldwide, most of the world could not possibly do this. Yeah, it doesn't apply to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's so new; it doesn't apply in all times, right? Right. Uh, there's never been anybody else who's taught this exact thing as the truth. Uh, so, whatever's real, you'd think would apply to all of us. Yeah. And yeah. this doesn't like this is just it's it's even a bad story because yeah. it doesn't mm -hmm. apply to everyone and it's not offered to everyone. Yeah, and that's and, why I think a lot of celebrities get into it because they mm -hmm. have the money to go through this process. It's like yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, it's just and it's that, like, the, the contrast with Christianity is just phenomenal because Christianity is about grace. It's not mm -hmm. about earning. It's not about paying. Um, you can't pay enough for what God offers us. It's just a gift. Right. Uh, it does apply to all people in all times and all places because you don't have to go through this process of counseling and engram clearing to achieve salvation. Yeah. What do you have to do? You have to trust Jesus did it for you. Yeah, that's something. And this is fascinating to me. Believing is something that every human being has always had the ability to do. Mm -hmm. Every human being hasn't had the ability to pay a hundred thousand dollars to go through this process. Yeah, <laughs> every, right, right. you know what I'm saying. It's just it it just smacks of insincerity because whatever's real has to and should apply to all human beings. Yeah, and this yeah, doesn't right. at all. It excludes most everybody. Yeah, and so it just. It's just sad because you see that people who are in the Church of Scientology need Jesus. They need to have— Absolutely. They need hope, right? That's what they're searching for is something to have hope in. Um, like like John Travolta even said in an interview once because he's heavy in the Church of Scientology. Mm -hmm. He's like— uh, I'm, he, he says that his interest in the church is because he's seeking after joy. He's longing for something greater than himself, mm. right? And then um, that, that's just like, and if that's what you're searching for in this mess of, uh, of paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, or who knows how much yeah. that he, he's poured into it, but it's like, uh, just this mess, and all for what? For, for nothing, really, just to um, potentially have this false hope that you might just end up reincarnating or being rebirthed. Well, and that's the thing. Let's say John Travolta achieves what Scientology ultimately is about, and yeah. he clears all Phaetons that he might have or not have, and he gets to go back to his home planet. Yeah. Let's say that that occurs, because that's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. What's to stop Xenu from gathering him up again and taking him to another planet and implanting him? That's Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no hope. There's no joy in that. It's, there's no security. There's no yeah. story beyond that, right? In fact, you, I, yeah, it seems terrifying to me to go to <laughs> to go to where you were already abducted. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound like a great idea. No, and so it just it just so sad just seeing um, this web of lies and uh, fiction that science fiction <laughs> that's um, engraved into the Church of Scientology. Yes, uh, and it's just I mean. Thank the Lord that the Church of Scientology isn't 
really all that big. Yeah, it's not. Well, and it makes sense because, I mean, it's not even a good story. It's not. It's not. It's not. But people need hope in yeah. something. And this this just goes to prove that. People were made to worship something. People were made to um, to desire an, an infinite, to, to be bigger than this life, right? Yeah, yeah. And Scientology reaches into that space and offers it, I think, in a really uncompelling way, but it does. Mm-hmm. And people long for, to belong to something bigger than themselves, and this just is, is so sad that so many yeah. people have fallen mm-hmm. for it. So Yeah, we need to pray for people that are in it. Um, I, I've only met one lady, actually, who's come out of it. Um, it, oh, it's not wow. super common, right? Like, I don't know a lot of people. Yeah, that I've are, never that met a Scientologist. Yeah. yeah, but it's good to be prepared, and it's good to just even think through different ideas so we can spot lies. Yeah. It's important yeah. to be able to go, nah, that doesn't work because of this and because of this. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems really, really shaky ground to me to put my trust in Ron L. Hubbard, or L. Ron Hubbard, mm-hmm. when I when I see the type of person he was. Yeah, yeah. and that's, it's a, that's the other big problem with this. Yeah, and then when you look at Scientology, you look at Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, all like all cults, uh, generally come from the same ideas. Like, they, they're very similar. And uh, taking the time to compare these uh, false ideas and false beliefs uh, to Scripture, to mm-hmm. the truth and reality, um, it's it's good practice because you, you start to... It, it helps you to be prepared and to be equipped yes. uh, to face anything that could come in life, any lies or destruction. Yep. And again, that's like that's our goal, right, in this podcast is to um, equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and to be confident in their faith. And, yes, absolutely. And that's how that can be attained is through studying and practicing, uh, going through, like basically researching these religions and these ideas mm-hmm. uh, because it helps you be prepared in the future for when some new cult or false idea pops up. Yeah, if you can spot the lies well, yeah. Now it just it is it's sharpening your mind to be prepared for later. Yeah. Well, Tyler, cool. thanks so much for putting all that together and studying that. Man, that was just so much to sift through. Yeah. Well, thanks for <laughs> helping me work through it. I mean, uh, we've had lots of conversations about this, mm-hmm. and having it's been to, fun. Yeah. It, it this has been a lot of fun um, going through Scientology. It's it's. It just because it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. hey, we did promise a coffee tip. Yes, we did. And I'm moving into that right now. So if you are a listener of this podcast and you don't drink coffee, this is your time to turn off the podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> because we see sometimes in the analytics, people drop off. Yeah, we've been looking at that. Right when we start the coffee tip. See you next week. All right. <laughs> For the rest of you who drink coffee because you love the Lord, um, <laughs> here is your coffee tip. And I've n- I have never tried this. I've seen this popping up all over the place on social media and I really I I seriously think I might drop by the store and buy this stuff on my way home today. <laughs> um this coffee tip is a coffee tip for what is called egg yolk coffee. Mm, okay. Okay. So here's here's how you make egg yolk coffee at home. Basically, you make whatever type of coffee you like. They say use really strong dark coffee for it. Which, okay, but you brew whatever kind of coffee you want in whatever method you want. French press or a drip, pour over, whatever. You make coffee. You fill the coffee cup about two-thirds of the way full, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you get two eggs, crack them. You separate the egg and the yolk. Do you know how to do that, Tyler? I, uh, yes. Where you I, take mm-hmm. you, you pour it back and forth, and then the the yolk or the egg falls out, but you, you retain the yolk. The yolk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to keep the yolk, and you can just throw the whites away. So you get two egg yolks in a bowl, cleared, you know, okay. of of the whites. 
Then you put in two teaspoons of sweetened condensed milk in with oh, the eggs. Okay. The egg yolk. Okay. So that's it. Two teaspoons of sweetened condensed milk, two egg yolks. You said this is a Vietnamese cup of coffee. coffee, right? It's it's yeah. a it's 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 Vietnamese. A lot of times, it's just sweetened condensed milk. This is a okay. specific egg yolk coffee. Okay. Okay. Yep. And you, I've seen different methods of making it. So I, I think thinking, yeah. I think this is the best way to make it, though. That sounds okay. So what they do then? You put you don't you don't put the yolks in the coffee yet, right? You got your cup of coffee over here. Okay. Okay. You got two yolks in a bowl with two teaspoons of sweetened condensed milk. You take a whisk, and if you have one of those like hand, you know, electric hand beaters, that's helpful. And you whisk the the egg yolk and the sweetened condensed milk for a couple minutes. And what you're looking for is um, when you first start whipping it, it'll be real, you know, deep yellow color like okay. the yolks are. Yeah, right. Over time, though, as more air gets into it, the color lightens up, and it doesn't get white, but it gets a real, real light yellow color. Okay. And fluffy. Oh, okay. So you've got right. this sweet egg yolk fluff, and you just scoop that right on top of the coffee. Wow. All yeah, right. and you drink it, and it's supposed to be amazing. And it, it's it's like um like egg yolk, yeah, like a, yeah. like eggnog, right? Oh, eggnog so like kind eggnog of that. Type of, yeah, it's like a thick okay. drink. Like yeah, so you put yeah. the thick egg and sweet at the top, and then you, it'll float actually wow, on that's the top. Really cool. And then the dark coffee comes through it, and you get a little of both. Wow, that's interesting. Everybody says it's amazing. So I, I think I seriously, I think I'm gonna try it today. That sounds pretty cool. I need cool. to pick up a I'll, can of sweetened condensed milk. <laughs> that sounds awesome, actually. I think I might be interested in trying that myself. That yeah. sounds good. Now, again, you know, people say things about raw eggs and, you know, all of that. So be careful if you do it. If yeah. you're in a foreign country where the egg quality is not very good, I I wouldn't really recommend it. Um, <laughs> but if you're really worried about it, you you could stir it into the coffee and the, the heat of the coffee will cook off <laughs> Probably, anything. Yeah. But, um, man, I, I just think that that sounds cool. Egg yolk coffee. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yep, so try it out. That's a cool coffee tip. Yes, yeah. please uh, tell us on our Instagram or Facebook if you did try it. We'd love to get a picture of you and you tag us in it. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll share it on our story so everyone can see you trying to make, trying to drink the, the egg yolk coffee. It, this could be the worst drink in the world, to be honest. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But it sounds so interesting. I'm sure it would be really good if it's recommended and there's like this whole recipe for yeah. it. It's I really, I really yeah. want to try it. So there's your coffee tip for today. But yes, please do make sure to follow us on Instagram, um, on the Facebook group. Uh, please mm -hmm. g get signed up with Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders. Um, we would love to hear from you. Uh, people are posting. I just saw a lady named Brisa. She posted a question on there today mm. um, about Masons, Freemasons, and oh, what we right. think about that. So that hey, that might be a future podcast that, could that be, we yeah. do down the line. So, um, But we love to interact with you. So please sign up on there. Uh, follow us. Uh, talk with us we love interacting and then uh, share the podcast with your friends we, we really we want this to be able to impact a lot of people we want truth to go out we want Jesus name to be made famous we want people to understand the gospel mm -hmm. and the hope yeah. that comes from that the joy that comes from that and so please uh, share this podcast with your friends family neighbors anybody you know uh, because we would love to be able to impact more people with truth so that Christians can be confident in their faith and they're able to, to more appropriately defend their faith uh, in a culture that really, really needs it. Mm, yeah. So thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Tyler, again, thanks so much, man, for putting this together. This has been fascinating to me. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to have been able to go through this. It's just really fun. Um, I, I had a blast just learning and researching and 
it's just fun, you know, like getting together, talking about these different ideas, and then um, it helps boost confidence in my faith too, you know, like yeah. just seeing um, how Christianity actually fits with reality. Definitely, bro. Well, thanks so much again. And thank you, our listeners, for being together with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.